Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 27. Then the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died leaving no children. What a happy story. It was the same for the third. In fact, none of those Uh, None of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven seven were married to her? Jesus replied, Are you not in error? You do not know the scriptures or the power of God. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now about the dead rising, have you not read the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush? How God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Who is excited for the Super Bowl? Come on, hands up. Give me a holler. Anybody? Anybody, a few, a little bit? Come on, guys. I, mean, I feel like you got to at least. Okay, who's going for the Chiefs? All right. Who's going for the 49ers? Who's going for Taylor Swift? Who's going for Usher? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I grew up. Okay, that was like, that was a big song when I was in high school, okay? It's very meaningful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to be at least rocking out to the Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, but before there was the 49ers versus the Chiefs, before there was Brock Purdy versus Patrick Mahomes, there was Jesus versus the Sadducees. Before there was global domination of Taylor Swift, there was global domination of Rome. Okay, that's as close as I can do as tying in this sermon into the Super Bowl. So that's my intro. That's as best I could do. Okay. Anyways, moving on. Who were the Sadducees? The Sadducees were the ones, the religious leaders who worked in and around the temple. They did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They did not believe in any kind of afterlife whatsoever. So they're just sad, you see. Okay? They're just... And the Pharisees, they're the ones of the rules. So they're just not fair, you see. Oh, See, we know some people. Who knows the song? Yeah, I just want to be a sheep, ba, 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 ba. I just want to be a, not, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I don't, I don't, how, what's the next line? How does that go? Yeah, I don't want to be, because they're just, yeah, that's it, that's, and it goes on and on. We, we need to practice that before we do that again as a group, okay? But you guys get it. But it's a great way to remember. Sadducee, they're just Sadducees. They don't have leave an afterlife. Pharisees, they're just a bunch of rule followers. So you get a little bit of the differences between the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Okay, so the, the Sadducees are this other group of religious leaders that work in and around the temple. 
But another big um, thing about the Sadducees was that they only believed in the first five books of the Bible, right? So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So the Pharisees believe in what we call the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures. So the big chunk of the Old Testament the Pharisees all believe in where the Sadducees only take the first five books of the Bible as God's word. Another thing about the Sadducees is that they weren't as popular with the crowds as the Pharisees. A lot of the people, they considered uh, what the Pharisees said um, to be kind of more important or to shape their lives. Where the Sadducees, though, they were more politically and theologically conservative. Um, they were, the, the Sadducees, they were the wealthy, affluent, the aristocratic, thank you. Uh, they were culturally elite. Um, they were the well-educated priests of Jerusalem. They were rich and powerful, and they were kind of the old money people. And because they didn't believe in the afterlife, they were all about eat, drink, and be merry, uh, for tomorrow we die. YOLO, you do you, get it for today, who cares about tomorrow? Because if there's no afterlife and you're just going to die, who cares? The Sadducees would have loved modern day America. They were also inclusive to Rome because they wanted to stay rich and powerful and Rome was fine for them to stay in power. Now, one of the things about resurrection that's really important to know is that resurrection was a scary idea for the Sadducees because resurrection gave hope to people who were going to be um, possibly revolutionaries or people who wanted to come up and stand up or be a martyr against Rome. And so revolutionary, like these, this resurrection idea is a scary idea about Sadducees because if Rome, they've already chosen a side with Rome. And if Rome gets overthrown, the people are not happy with the Sadducees and they're going to be pushed out too. And in fact, in, fact, in 70 AD, that's exactly what happens. After 70 AD, the Sadducees like basically cease to exist. The temple is completely destroyed. The Jewish people are revolt and the Sadducees are kind of like wiped out and you never hear from them in history again after that time. So with all of that in mind, let's begin to unpack today's passage. So starting in verse 18, it says, then the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but no child, children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. This all comes from Deuteronomy uh, chapter 25, which said, if there's a widow, okay, the, the, the brother, the next brother in line has to marry her and produce offspring. This was to protect the widow, uh, to provide for the widow. Uh, this was also to give hope because carrying on the family name then was the only like legacy and it was so important for that time. Okay, so this is, is very, very important. If you remember the story of Ruth in the Bible, there's a story about Ruth who loses her husband and then she ends up getting married to her, um, her relative Boaz and Boaz is called her kinsman redeemer. Uh, if you don't, don't know that story, that's okay. Um, just disregard that. But that's just an example of, of how this works. What it seems weird for us today was actually very helpful for back then. But then the Sadducees, they go on to this ridiculous story, this ridiculous scenario. Picking up at verse 20, it says, Now there were seven brothers. 
The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one uh, married the widow, but he also died leaving no child. It was the same for the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Last of all, the woman died too. Okay, my question is, how many brothers does it take to realize that this woman is straight up poison? Okay, every single, okay. After brother number two, you think, ah, maybe I'll pass. I'm, I'm good. And then she ends up dying anyways. Like this is the craziest scenario whatsoever. But then going on in verse 23, it says, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? So who is she going to be married to in the afterlife, basically? Jesus replied, are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? This is like a huge insult. This would be like coming up to me and saying, after my sermon, you would say, pastor, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to go learn your Bible. Okay, this is like a big slap in the face to the Sadducees that, that Jesus uh, says to them. Going on in verse 25, it says, When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Okay, two things from this is that uh, Jesus says, uh, basically, it, it seems from what Jesus says, that there will be no marriage uh, in eternal life. That marriage is temporary for this life, uh, but doesn't seem that there will be marriage in heaven or in eternal life. And for some of you, um, you're going to be really sad about. For others of you, you might just be completely relieved. No, I'm just joking. Just joking. Okay, the second thing is, because the second thing about this is it says, you will be like angels. It does not say you will become angels, because people get all these weird things, ideas about heaven, like you're going to get wings and fly around and bounce on the clouds. No, you're not going to do that. And angels are neither male or female. You're not going to be this like androgynous being, like neither male or female or anything like that. No, you will have, you will be resurrected from the dead and you'll have a real physical body. And yes, you will still have relationships with those you had relationships in this life. It will just be different than just your, you know, your being husband and wife. It will just be different. There is no need to procreate. And that's Jesus' point, is that because there is no death, there is no need to procreate. In fact, the opposite of death is resurrection. That's the opposite of death, is resurrection. In verse 26, then, we pick up, it says, Now about the rising of the dead, have you not read the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush? How God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are badly mistaken. Another good slap from Jesus, right? Like, get it in order. God's promise was to raise the dead is not really found in the Bible until you get to like the book of Daniel or in the book of Ezekiel, which is towards the end of the Old Testament. So if you're a Sadducee and you only believe in the first five books of the Bible, you can see why they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. 
But though it isn't explicit, it, Jesus says it is implicit that, you can, that, that there is about rising from the dead found in the first five books of the Bible. Now, in Jesus' quotes from Exodus 3, where God is talking to Moses at the burning bush. And Jesus says, quotes from Scripture and says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that these shows that these guys are actually really alive in heaven with God, and they're not just dead. That's what the Sadducees, again, they did no eternal life. No life after death whatsoever. So that these guys, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, these heroes of the faith, that they are in heaven with Jesus or in paradise, and they are awaiting the final resurrection of the dead. Now, if you grew up in church, right, or you've been in church long enough, um, you know who those people are, and we won't mention their names today, but you know those people who you've encountered that are like Pharisees, right? Those ones that just love the rules, right? Rules, rules, rules. Don't change anything about my tradition. Uh-uh, that's the way it's always been. That's the way we're always going to do it, right? You know who those people are, and guess what? We love those people anyways. But for every single Pharisee that there is in the church, there's probably about five times the amount of Sadducees, right? It's all about live here for now, eat, drink, and be merry. Yeah, 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 there's heaven, right? But it doesn't matter what I do to my body here and now. It doesn't matter what choices I make. Yada, yada, yada. Let's just YOLO. Let's just enjoy life. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a very Sadduceic lifestyle. And in fact, whether you lean more on the Sadduceic side or the Pharisaic side or no side at all, I think Jesus has important words for us today about how to live our life. He says this to the Sadducees. He says, you are not an heir because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And I think one of the things that we do as Christians is that we fall in major error if we fall on one side where we neglect scripture, right? Or on the other side, we neglect the power of God. But you see this in almost every mainstream church in America, right? There are like Bible-believing churches, right? They're the ones that get so excited about exegesis and like studying the scripture and what this original word meant. And, and like, they just, it's all Bible, 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 but there's like no mention. It's like the father, the son, and the Holy scriptures, right? There's no mention of the Holy spirit. There's like no power. There's nothing about like, you need to go and like proclaim the word of God, or like you need to uh, uh, share your faith with other people. There's no mention about prophecy or, or uh, praying for healing. But on the other side, there's those churches where they just, they, all they do is they concentrate on the power of God. It's like, oh man, we just got to sing that, that Phil Wickham, um, like that, that song, that's when the Holy Spirit comes and we can just, we can just sense when, when the, the lead singer just hits that F sharp, that's, that's when the Holy Spirit comes, right? That's when it happens, right? And it's, it's just all about an experience. And maybe it does happen when that happens, but it's all just about having an experience of God. But if you were to take some of those Christians and you were to ask them to explain the core principles of their faith, they might struggle. If you were to ask them to sum up what does the gospel message say, they would really struggle. If you were to ask them about the core principles of their beliefs, they would struggle. If they were questioned by an atheist, 
right, about their faith, they might say, well, I don't really, I don't really know how to defend my faith or stick up for my faith. And yet we look at the Jesus, right? And Jesus is somebody who knew the scriptures through and through, that, that nobody knew God's word like Jesus, that Jesus had all of the scriptures memorized, and he often quoted the scriptures, but also Jesus moved in the power. No one moved in power and authority like Jesus. He was just so filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for us, we can't, we can't find this temptation where we fall off on one side or the other. We actually need to be a both and Christian. We need to be a both and disciple of Jesus. We need to be a both and church. Number one, we need to read the Bible. We need to get the Bible into my life. Today's your lucky day. If you don't have a Bible, I think we have Bibles here. If, we, if you don't have a Bible, I will buy you a Bible. I don't care what it takes. We will get a Bible into your hand. And you know what? You can get the Bible on your phone. It does more than just TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. It's amazing. It's, it's so good. Um, that's how our, I read the Bible. But read the Bible every single day. If you're not in a Bible study, get into a Bible study or join a connect group that, that read the Bible together. Or Pastor Bob, um, he's not here today, but he leads a Bible study on Monday nights. Go to his Bible study. There's information in the Connect Center. There's lots of ways that we could get and we need the Bible in our lives. I find it amazing that you can go to China, right, and there are Christians over there who are persecuted for their faith. And when they're given a Bible, what they do is they memorize like big chunks of Scripture, right? And then they hand it on before they get caught because they're persecuted and they could end up in jail. We live in America where there's like five Bibles in every home, but it's all just collecting dust sitting on the shelf, right? Like, that's a big deal, right? God's word, if you want to hear God speaking to your life, man, get stuck into God's word. Find a devotion. Find some daily reading plans. Get a study Bible. Do whatever it takes to get the Bible into your life. It is God's word, and it is fresh for you today. There, it, it speaks to you. It rebukes us. It motivates us. It gives us encouragement and strength. But the other thing is you need the power of God in your life. Now, I drive a Toyota Matrix. Dave Ramsey says the number one person that's a millionaire drive Toyotas. I don't know whether that's a true thing or whether I'll ever be there. But guess what? I love my Toyota because it is faithful and it always runs. In fact, I love it so much that I've read the entire user manual in my glove department. In fact, I love it so much that I have started to underline all my favorite parts. Um, one places where I have questions about my car, I've started circling words so that I can go back. And, 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 and then, you know what? The, the Toyota's made by the Japanese. So I've actually started a class in Japanese so I can learn the original language that it was created in. Now, what if I did all of that but I never drove the car. Here's the thing. There are Christians that can tell you the he, and I love, okay, I love the Bible, but there are Christians that can tell you everything about God, right? But they have never been filled with the Holy Spirit and are not acting in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like they've been tossed the king, keys to the kingdom of God and they've never done anything about it. 
that not only do we need to be people filled with God's word, we need it in our heads, in our hearts, but we also need it into our hands. There are Christians out there that have never prayed for the sick. They've never prayed for anybody. They've never shared their faith with anybody else. They've never even received or given a prophetic word. They've never seen anybody uh, uh, break the chains of addiction. Right? Jesus Christ, by the power of his Holy Spirit, puts us and moves us into action. Here in Jesus' life, we see that no one knew the word of God like him, and yet nobody demonstrated the power of God like Jesus. We need to be a church that is both and, full of the Bible and full of the power of God. If we want to be his followers, his disciples, his apprentices, whatever you want to call it, like we need both. We need both in our life. And that's the kind of church that God, I believe, is calling for us to be ones faithful to his words, deep in his word, but also overflowing in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to bring the kingdom of God into our hurting world. That's the church that God is calling us to be. We hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.